On this episode of Bodega Talks, we have Bailey, an electric songstress from Brooklyn. As a disciple of Rick Rubin, Bailey develops her talents as a singer and songwriter. As a young artist dedicated to her craft, Bailey has been on a tear. Aside from writing for some of the biggest musicians in the world, such as Jesse McCartney and Duckworth, Bailey has debuted her first two albums during quarantine. In addition, she's about to release another EP with the hit song Sushi for Breakfast, serving as her single. Bailey is on a mission to become one of New York's biggest indie scene artists by the end of the year. Here? Yo, how are That's you? Good. How's everything? Good, how are you guys? Doing well? So good. Alright, so are we in Clinton Hill or Bedside still? It's so crazy because when I first moved here, it was just right after 9-11, my mom bought our brownstone mm -hmm. and it was always bedside but it's been rezoned and this oh, is a conversation okay. of gentrification it's been rezoned as clint hill since then okay. for real estate reasons of course cost so. me money exactly, exactly. <laughs> well we call it bedside we call it bedside okay okay you keep it original right we keep it original you. all right well thank you for being on the show of course, we're happy to guys. have you you know what i'm saying um with quarantine and everything going on it's, it's good to still have people outside Yes. Trying to work, you know what I'm saying? Trying. Um, so my first question is, what was it like working with um, with Ricky Rubin? Well, the, Rick Rubin was my intro into the industry. Mm -hmm. And he's very like spiritual and very gentle in terms of process. He's very gentle, so he's not a producer who's, because we developed a long time with him, he basically taught me how to write and how to tell stories through music. The music. Um, he was a big piece of that, and so he never, he didn't really give too much direction. Okay. And I feel like a he lot- He kind of let you find your way, but yes. just kept you in the straight path? Yes, but we almost okay. craved it when we were, when we were younger. We yeah. wanted somebody to be like, that's dope, that's right, you know? But he kind of was just like, He'll let you decide if it's this fire or not. This feels better, or this feels... And then we would just hang out and we would do meditation and we would just hang out and talk mostly, but it, there really wasn't any critique. Okay. So it was very loose. The process of doing it was very loose. And right, I kind of bring that into the studio. Before going solo, you were in a band. What was the dynamic yeah. like with your band? It was so nice. Um, it was me and my two siblings and then two of our friends from um, music school. <laughs> We went to a music, a music school called Paul Green School of Rock, okay. which is what the movie is based off of with Jack Black, which is so <laughs> nerdy. Yes, it's real. This is the movie based off of with Jack Black. This is great. We went to that school for real, and that's how we learned. We, we had this you know, background of classic rock, mm -hmm. and um, it was really nice. It's, it's, it's how we learned to collaborate with other artists, and it's how we got rid of our stage fright. Okay. We had each other on stage. You can post up right here. What was it like moving to Bed-Stuy and then having it rezoned to Clinton Hill? It was weird. So when we moved here, Brooklyn was still very much like traditional Brooklyn. My mm -hmm. mom calls the houses, it used to be like shells. Every house used to be abandoned. Okay. So when she bought it, it was like really affordable. Nobody really wanted to live here. Um, and it was interesting. I think the, the only positive thing of the neighborhood becoming gentrified and rezoned was we had to go to public school. Okay. So when we got rezoned, we got access to a better school. That's true. And that really helped out. us kind of be who we are and become good business people and have drive and all of that. So that's the only positive thing. Yeah. All right, so this is the deli you guys have been coming to for the past several years. Let's yeah. go inside and see what we can get to eat. Okay. 
What's your go-to bodega sandwich? Oh my God, I'm vegetarian, so it has to be egg and cheese. It has to. I'm really from here and I don't trust the new shit. Mediterranean, vegan, like no, y'all don't know how to make that. Y'all don't, y'all know how to make chopped cheeses. Yeah. Second question, tell me a funny bodega story. It could be childhood, it could be recent. When we were little, me and my siblings, we had a lot of alone time. We would, they would be over us because we would go into that same deli with fucking pennies. It would be like a dollar in pennies from the couch. And like, we knew we were getting a dollar fifty in chips and a drink in pennies and they would be so over us, but yet, like that's what I mean, that community kind of Brooklyn, those things that could have been looked at as weird, but are like funny, amazing things that we have so much gratitude that we got to experience. And we have a, a bond with our people for that. Another deli story is like, it's not funny, but like low-key, like deli, you know, late night deli, late deli night arguments. Deli oh, I see somebody arguing in the deli gets sprayed out by, by their girlfriend with the soda. Um, yeah. I like this little setup. Mm -hmm. Brain food. This is new. This is all new, and we appreciate it. I like it. You've been a songwriter, and you made your own songs. Would you rather have someone write a song for you, or you write a song for somebody else? Oh my gosh, it depends. Because I respect music so much. I'm such a nerd about music. I'm obsessed with music. My ego will not let me just be like, I'm the best songwriter, bitch, and only I can tell the story and da da da. I'm into taking a song or collabing with someone on a song because they might have something to say that like I feel, but it's just not coming out of me, you know what I'm saying? But oftentimes I don't, I write it myself. Oftentimes, it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of finding collaborators and partners and writers that I really respect that like I would just take a whole song. I'm, I'm looking for that moment eventually in life, you know? Right now I write everything, but. So you've done a lot of, of virtual tours. What do you see for the future of touring right now with coronavirus moving the way it is? Do you think we'll ever get back to normal tours, like international tours? Do you think stuff is gonna become more VR related? Even if, you know, the world goes back to normal, quote unquote, I think they're gonna want this chill shit where they can be in their bedroom and have an experience. And I, I just see that being the, the next wave. And I'm not mad at it at all. It's a challenge for us artists. How do we make something entertaining for people from our bedrooms or from our living rooms or from our studios? So it's a nice new challenge that I actually really like I'm looking forward to seeing how that shifts the culture. But I do think it's gonna be semi-permanent, -per like this virtual thing. No, a lot of artists have been using it to their advantage, to be honest. Yeah. Travis Scott partnered with Fortnite. Yep. Do a concert in the game. Incredible. Which is actually insane. The visuals So crazy. hard. Like, right, you could never crazy. experience that. I couldn't experience that in front of a billion people. I'm in my room. And, and. Access matters, bro. Like, it can't just be kids in the suburbs or kids in the, in the city. Like, it's nice that it's be, we're all kind of leveling out in this one plane because of the virtual, the virtual show. So it's, I think it's cool. Can you tell us a little bit about your upcoming EP, Stories in New York? Yes. So our upcoming EP is Stories from New York. I mean, and it's really exactly what it sounds like. We wanted it to be really personable. It's kind of like my, it's like coming in, coming of age a little bit for people and new listeners to really say who is Bailey. Like, stories is that. It's telling you 
kind of like super special touch points of my life and kind of why I'm who, why I am the artist that I am today really a lot is popping up every day just from our two singles and so we're super excited to give you guys more but we don't have the date date yet what's your favorite part about Brooklyn community it's the thing that has always saved me my siblings there's I have three siblings there's four of us my parents are always working my mom's single mother we were on the bus and the train and doing all of that when we were seven years old. Our deli owners knew us. They were like, okay, they know what time we get home from school. If we're not there, call mom. Like strangers in our community to make sure since we're really young, everything is all good. I don't want that to go away with gentrification. People who are from the community to come back and make sure we're giving back or buying in the community and owning in the community and not moving to Malibu, Calabasas, but having our place here. Like I want here. to I mean, you house. can move to Calabasas, but still have but, your crib. Right. And prioritize this community when you make it out of here. Mm -hmm. Come back, rebuild. On your, your upcoming EP, there's a single called Sushi for Breakfast. Have you actually ever had sushi for breakfast? When we wrote it, I don't know if it was that morning we had sushi. We were in Canada. We have some, some production team members in Canada that we work with. We did have sushi that day, it was early, it was like 11 a.m. But I saw it as this thing, being from Brooklyn, and not that sushi is elite or anything, but being from being from here, it's like that, that that's fancy, that's expensive, that's like some oh, yeah, city some ass, out of yeah. ordinary. I'm a weird person, I always like to go very left. And so with the metaphor, when I say I don't want love, I just want a bad bitch and a nice hotel room and bottles at the club. That's what sushi represents to me is like. Okay, that little fancy lifestyle. Yes, and I know it, it might sound So great. sushi for breakfast is like lavish lifestyle for breakfast. In my weird ass brain, yes. I get what you're saying. Cause I'll wake up and eat caviar just cause it's there. 18 karat gold chicken wings, I'm buying them. Pushing those ideas and pushing myself. Manifesting. With the weirdest shit and not being fearful. I talk about it with my team every day because I'm a, I'm a weird artist. I'm not like traditionally any one way. Even my music, how I look or anything. The ultimate freedom, which is just making the choice to be exactly who you are. And so it's, I think starting with sushi for us was that, like let's go really, let's keep people guessing from jump. It's been an eventful day in Bed-Stuy. For those who got it fucked up, it's not Clint Hill. We're still in Bed-Stuy. We're still jacking Bed-Stuy out here. You know what time it is. Thank you for being here. I appreciate everything. Honestly, this went really smoothly. I appreciate Brain Food for everything they did for us. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything. All right? Hugs, of course. Of course. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right? Until next time. I will see you soon. Sushi for breakfast.